0: This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Many of you that follow me on social media have probably seen me say something about Highlight coaching and consulting. So what is that? So what we do at Highlight is we focus on teaching teens and young adults, and that's 18 to 35, valuable life skills that we wish we would have known. You know, I often ask the question, you've heard me ask it on some of these episodes of, if you could go back in time to high school and give yourself three pieces of advice, what would it be? It was actually an episode that I had not that long ago. Well, these pieces of advice is what motivated and inspired Jessica to create the ETA program, to be able to pour back into teens and young adults, because if we can equip them now in things that will help them make better decisions, not only through their high school years, their college years, but these are things that are going to stay with them forever. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have a teen or young adult, or if you happen to be a teen or young adult and you're listening to this as well, is the investment that you make today will pay massive dividends in the future. So these courses aren't free. um, These programs aren't free, but they're very, very worth it, if you ask me, because it's something that I know that I've just had to figure out. And so if I can help shorten the learning curve from 35 to 40 years down to just a few years, how can you put a value on that? Anyways, check it out. There's a link in the bio, not the bio, in the show notes um, for highlightcoaching.com. I encourage you to go there, check it out, reach out with questions, and let's have a conversation. Thanks. Here's the episode. I got to tell you what, this is one that you are going to enjoy. And so I just got off um, recording with with Phil. And so I had to record this immediately. And you are going to take so many things from Phil that you can apply to your life today, tomorrow, anytime that are simple. And it all comes back to joy. Phil just really is just, he oozes excitement. He oozes um, just comfortability does that make sense? I mean when you when you listen to this you'll you'll see what I'm saying or you'll hear what I'm saying. But what we talk about in here is the importance of being genuine, step into you, do something nice for someone and do what you're good at for others. And all that stuff plays in and you're going to hear us refer to a phrase what is your apple pie? So just think about that when it happens. So just keep thinking, what is an apple pie? And so, again, he gives you just important tactical things that you're going to be able to um, use to, to really change the trajectory of your life and someone else's. So without Philip, without further ado, it's Phil.
1: And also, well, so how, how am I doing with my mic? Am I too loud, too
0: low? Everything sounds good to me. Great brother. The, the true right. test is when everybody starts to listen, <laughs> <laughs> which there's going to be a ton. So, so I saw the dots and the stars. So I too have dots and stars.
1: You read my mind. You got the nineteen like fifties filler, bro.
0: Yep. So <laughs> why did you do the dots and stars?
1: Yeah. So uh, I started. I got just a couple of my. Well, I was never going to do my arms. Being a teacher, I just did my upper shoulder and then it went to the elbow and then i went the whole arm and i'm like well what the heck so the other one i didn't have a big master plan for my second sleeve so talking to my artist and i'm like i want something but i want a bunch of different stuff it doesn't flow and she's like what do you think of this it's like 1950s filler it's real traditional old school you can put pieces anywhere you want and she's like and It's like the sailors used to do. They just used to plop one on here, here, and then you'd fill it in and it would look really cool. And she showed me and I'm like, I love it. And then you're one of the first people I've ever met that also has that. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I've never known anyone else who has the stars and dots.
0: Mine was my OCD because I had like it started with this one because this whole arm has um, different tattoos for my dad. So it's all relevant to him but it was just kind of like you said, all over the place. I'm like, this is driving me absolutely nuts. And it's actually not even dense enough for me, but it is what it is. Because, you know, people look at it like, oh, it's just dots and stars. That's a lot of dots and stars. So it does (laughs) hurt. I don't care what anybody (laughs) else says.
1: Yeah, I actually, my wife loves my filled in left sleeve. That's a whole filled in planned out theme. And actually I love the randomness in the filler with the stars better i actually like that arm better so it's just funny man everyone's got their different tastes and but yeah it's so funny i'm gonna
0: gonna go on a limb on the the arm that's just pieced together and it's all stuff all over i think that represents you better than a well-defined piece
1: yeah i think that's fair to say because well you know right like every piece is like a it's like a little timeline in your life you remember it's tied to something and yeah I mean it was like me becoming a dad and so much of my family and yeah every everything seems so goofy you know probably to other people like the Grinch or Cindy Lou or the Bumble or you know but but to me it all means something really important with my memories with my kids and my wife so yeah I I don't know, man. I'm ready for more though. How about you?
0: Oh, I'm ready. Right. So last year, 2022 is the first year I haven't gotten at least one tattoo a year. And so I'm, I'm saving up. I figured that it just wasn't a good financial decision last year. So I'm just going to dive in and make enough to go catch up
1: good for you. I, um, yeah, my awesome artist, she she's amazing. And she had a baby. So she's been taking off time, you know, and uh, so I'm just like, selfishly waiting for her to come back, even though I'm so happy for her that she's home with her kid and enjoying it. But you know, it's also like, hey, when when are you coming
0: back? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I only need you for a few hours. That's. Yeah. It.
1: Just come out of retire, you know, a little mini retirement just for a little bit, you know, yeah. some quick cash, but I get it totally. But yeah, no, I, I get you, man. I'm I'm ready for it. Every, every couple of months I'm itching.
0: Yep. <laughs> so everybody, this is, this is Phil. So Phil is one of these guys that is full of energy, full of positivity. So I immediately was drawn to this guy. And uh, when I first saw him, we're in a mastermind together, it was his hair that that's what drew him to me but it was that and it was just the the way you deliver a message because you have a a ton of charisma and so it, it's one of these that i i've been wanting to have you on since the inception of doing this podcast because of what you stand for and what this podcast stands for and so before i get into that i always like to do something a little fun so it's would you rather Oh, OK.
1: All
0: right. So the first one was, would you rather freeze time or go back in time?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. Uh, I would definitely freeze time, just more present, live in the moment, soak it in.
0: OK, so would you rather live without music or TV?
1: Oh, that's easy. TV in a heartbeat. No, thanks. I'll take music all day.
0: So what do you like to listen to?
1: I absolutely love music, huge part of my life. In fact, you know what? You and I love schedules and uh, kind of like building in everything that we like in our day. That's something we definitely totally overlap with. Uh, So, music's always built into my day. If I'm alone without kids, I like very aggressive screaming metal for just me. But I absolutely love all music. I was a wedding DJ for 10 years. I'll listen to Andre Rieu and his Austrian orchestra. I'll listen to R&B, 90s, some good dance music. I love classic rock, electric blues. So I love music in general. But for me, my favorite genre, as my wife says, it's angry white boy music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the reel with the... It- the dad is, uh, I guess, has a band, and his daughter does the same thing. Yeah, she
1: did the Easter Bunny recently. Easter Bunny, and then they make music behind it. It's amazing. Yes.
0: Oh, whoever whoever connects with her in as in her adult life is going to have a special one. That's for sure, because she's not afraid of anything. <laughs> but I love awesome. that. I love her spirit. Okay, I was scrolling through your your IG, and so this question came from. Uh, from that, so it's about wings. Would you rather have flats or drums?
1: Oh, baby, man, I'll take anything. Uh, but I, I like them both equally. I know that's a cop out, but
0: come on, I like the that's little like saying. Your kids, you know, which is your favorite kid? All right,
1: all right, all right. <laughs> if I'm gonna pick, because I'll be lazy, I'll take the drum then for sure. Okay, but I got no problem. Depoing in the flapper, no problem.
0: Yeah, my son, he's a flats.
1: Really? He just likes
0: the flats, and I go, and he'll go. Can I just get flats? It's like you know, that's like two dollars extra, right?
1: <laughs> for for the thing that nobody wants. But I, yeah, uh, we're a big wing family. Baked, grilled, fried. I'll take it. Dry rub, wet, whatever.
0: Have you done them smoked yet?
1: Yes, yes. My wife got me a couple Father's Day ago. One of them nice little smokers, and wings are so easy because they've got so much fat. You can't ruin them. And then I finish them off on the grill. Uh, outstanding.
0: Yep. That's money. Mm. Okay. Last one. This is all food driven. Would I you rather it. have pizza or tacos?
1: Oh man, both are great, but pizza for sure. It's my kryptonite.
0: What what kind?
1: I like everything. If that's just me, uh, I'm, I'm happy with just the sausage and cheese, but I love veggies. I love, I'm not a picky eater. Jeff, I think that's why we get along really well. I think, <laughs> I think both of us, have a history of loving food maybe a little too much A little too much are we consistently trying to reel it in still I think that's why it connects so well with you
0: yeah it's so my son he plays football so he's trying to to bulk up so we're adding he and I are doing more protein yeah I've actually had to gear back up because it's like physically I've gotten away from eating like that It's been really hard. (laughs) So I don't know what I've opened the Pandora's box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I get it, man. I get it. But yeah, I'm a big protein fan. But yeah, I need more greens in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Greens are good. Okay, (laughs) so Phil, pronounce your last name for me. Absolutely. It's
1: Januszewski.
0: Januszewski. I was close, but it would have been pretty bad.
1: No worries. Um, I get that all the time
0: so Phil is a husband a father a teacher a speaker and his big focus and I love what you put on Instagram it's creating and spreading happiness through education motivation and entertainment yeah and it's such a it's it again it encapsulates you very well um and if anybody that reads that will immediately see what you put so that's awesome so the pathways to greatness podcast and the reason why I wanted to have you on is, you know everybody has a different definition of greatness, mm. and everybody has a different path to get to what that is or just to constantly try to achieve. But I do find some people think that greatness is linear, and mm. they just have this this wrong perception when they see someone, they think, well, that was just that's that's how they got there. But as we both know, there's switchbacks, there's ditches, there's rocks, there's so many different things. And so my goal of this podcast is to share stories like yours with the audience so they just won't quit Mm. and they just have to keep going. And so I'd love for people, because I'm interested in knowing more of your backstory and you don't have to go into a long, um, huge uh, recap, but again, just kind of tell us who's Phil, where's Phil at, and, and really what started you on this path of creating happiness.
1: Oh, I love it, man! And thanks for that. And honored to be here, brother. Let's let's dig into it. So, where do you want to start? Like the hospital where I was born. I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> Wherever you think would add relevance.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I growing up, I grew up a very lucky in a loving household, an awesome older sister, a really great mom, a really great dad. We were never without. We were never rich, and we were never without. We were right in the middle, and it was good. I went to really nice school, public school, and I always just liked people and had a lot of energy. And for some reason, I enjoyed talking with anyone, including adults, just really like people. And I remember growing up, I would sit and listen to my parents talk to my grandparents and at family parties, I'd play a little bit with the kids and then I'd sit around with my older cousins and just listen. So I've always seemed to like to absorb just different ideas in that and... I realized maybe in junior high and high school that that was one of the things that made me stand out uh, to adults. Like, oh, Phil, you just you seem like a guy who is, I don't know, older than you should be or, you know, socially in that. And that, uh, I don't know, you're going places. You know, that was always kind of the way people talk to me. And that that's really great. I was surrounded by such supportive people. So I always felt like I had this. Spark, but um, I didn't quite know what that was meant for, and now I'm finding out that I think it's meant for a lot of things, you know. Um, but grew up always thinking, and Jeff, I'm going back to food, brother. You know, I grew up, I love to cook, I love to eat even more. And uh, I thought I was going to go to culinary school. Everybody said, All right, get in the restaurants, man, start working. Did that realize that I hated it as a job, I loved it as a hobby and a passion mm. in that. So Dodged a huge bullet there, which was amazing to find out at 17 that this is not for me. But I knew like my creativity, my charisma, it was just meant for something. Uh, and then luckily, I had a really great chemistry teacher that I connected with. And he brought it up. You know, you love school. You love science. Why don't you be a teacher, man? You could you could literally get, be in this high energy environment your whole life if you want And that was it. I'm like, that's my calling. I want to bring that energy, but make school exciting. Uh, So that's where I ended up. Went to school, got my degree in chem, started teaching. And from there, teaching is a beautiful profession because you meet so many people with, uh, especially where I work is a really large school. So I, I met a coworker that had a DJ company and he was awesome. And he's like, Phil, you've got a lot of energy. You should come help me. DJ started letting me DJ on my own taught me the ropes. And then from there, I eventually went off on my own. So now I'm teaching and I'm a wedding DJ and I'm using my charisma that way and my love of music. Right. And then just being open to new ideas and opportunities. I was involved in my school of leadership conferences. They didn't have enough money for a speaker for one of the days. And they said, Hey, anybody got anything to say for an hour? We got to fill a slot. It's got to be something positive, but anybody got anything and you know me being arrogant and charismatic Phil raised my hand and funny another guy named Matt who I didn't really know that well but I worked with raised his hand and you know the deal Jeff you raise your hand they're like oh good you two figure it out so they partnered us up I got to know the guy little did I know he was my best friend and I didn't even realize it we believed in so much we love to entertain but inspire people and all of a sudden I accidentally became a motivational speaker through that route. And I think everything that I've ended up doing and opened up to, including this mastermind group, like you said, that we're with Craig Siegel on that, I think my attitude has a lot been, why not? Why not try it? You know, This seems to overlap well with me naturally. So it's been 10 years now. I've been motivational speaking with my best bud. I've been teaching chemistry and physics for 18 years. And I'm just having a great time meeting good people, uh, growing constantly, learning. And I know, it just keeps getting better and better, man. And I, I hope it does. I'm just enjoying the ride.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is awesome. That's a great recap, too, by the way. Oh, thank <laughs> you, man. Yeah, I was trying was, not
1: to get too long on you, brother.
0: No, that was good. But we, we do need to fill time. So I know that that's not going to be hard. <laughs> but so let's go back <clears throat> to the the middle school years, because that can be so challenging. Sure. For so many people, and what were some of the things that I know you said that you you thought ahead and you thought older than you were? Um, what were some of the things that you did to navigate some of those difficult times?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think at the time I didn't look at it as difficult or trying. I always had this um, strange amount of resilience I felt, and I think that's because of the a strong network of great people that I was naturally surrounded by. Again, my mother, father, sister were amazing support systems. I was always kind of weird, right? Like, because I was so energetic and outgoing and would talk to anybody, you know, it was a little weird, I'm sure, for them, but they let me be me. And then I, I got really lucky with the group of friends that I was involved with. We played, I was a volleyball player. So we played volleyball together competitively. And none of us, we were all just kind of similar. We had different ideas of what we wanted to do with life, but we we weren't really getting into trouble and just, you know, just kind of hung out and enjoyed each other's company and got to know. So like I had a lot of stability. So when I think about challenges, you know, I would say some social ones like liking girls and then not being too interested in me, you know, and uh, definitely Jeff, I know you've mentioned like in your book as well, like Uh, I was also a larger kid, a little heftier and chubbier than a lot of people in junior high. So my weight and my health was always something, you know, that I was always, I was aware of and conscientious about. So I'm sure that that held me back occasionally a little bit, but uh, I think that's why I really brought out my personality. I think I tried to like, I don't know, have a lot of energy probably to deflect and hide a little bit of that, you know, that was a little bit heavier of a kid Um, but that's I think what ended up motivating me in the end to get really active and you know get in the gym and I don't know take control a little bit so but yeah I I must admit I, I had a really great middle school experience. I was even in student council so leadership things. I was in Boy Scouts which also I felt like allowed me to be older than I was because I was planning meetings and, you know, being the treasurer of the troop. So I was like doing all these mini adult things that I think just led me to kind of be like, well, this is me I'm um, and I'm okay with it. So I was really lucky.
0: Yeah. And what's, there's a ton of power in there. And I focus on middle school because I think, I feel like most people can relate because that is like the awkward time in life. Like everybody has <laughs> you know, the pictures that you wish would go away and never be seen again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you just think of those uncomfortable moments, like you said, is that when you're just trying to find your identity and there's still adults that struggle with that same thing. So the, the, what I want people to hear that you said is surrounding yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. And if they're not around you because it's your family, you have to seek them out. Yes. You have to rise to that level that you want to be. And it it also, you talked about a great description of what a growth mindset is. It wasn't a victim mentality. It wasn't anything. It was like, look, I'm just, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to be me. And these people around me like me and they like Phil for being Phil.
1: Yeah. You, that's really well said. And, uh, I guess I haven't never really stopped and dissected that too much. But even like my teachers were supportive of me, you know, like cracking little jokes. And, you know, I grew up watching Saturday Night Live and I liked that I understood adult humor a little bit. And you could like crack and a teacher would get it and give you the look like, you know, I saw that skit too, you know, like I, I liked relating to adults i think i always have i wonder you know maybe i just wanted their approval but the fact that they gave it back to me i think solidified you know yeah lean into that phil your charisma and that you you know you make people feel included and welcome and you can work a room i think i owe a lot to so much of that uh funny story about middle school i didn't know if i wanted to be a high school or middle school teacher Okay. my senior year of high school i got to do an internship where you help a teacher teach in middle school. So I got a sixth grade science class. I'll tell you what, Jeff, after five minutes, day one, brother, I knew there's no way in hell I'm going to be your <laughs> high middle school teacher. That is a train wreck. And those teachers deserve an extra spot in heaven because that is, as you said, man, a messy time in people's lives. So I was like, nope, I knew day one, I'm going to stick with high school, I think.
0: Yeah. The <laughs> The other thing that you said that I was thinking about when you when you were, were sharing about cracking jokes, you attracted positivity, you attracted happiness because that's what you were putting out. That's the other lesson that I want people to learn from what you said is that if you're gloom and doom all day long and your head's down and you're not smiling and not having fun, nobody else around you is going to be either. And yeah. you bring your sunshine with you.
1: Yeah, man. You know, some people call it... Uh... Setting the table, the book about customer service and that it's called Skunking the Room, right? You're spreading that bad smell everywhere of negativity, it impacts everybody. But you're right, you're spreading something good. People can't help. Uh, A guy named Gavin Oates in Scotland talks about, he calls it the Mary Poppins effect. You know, you're bringing that energy, people, whether they want to or not, you know, it peps them up a little bit. We're social creatures. So, yeah, I think I learned that instinctively at a young age, I think maybe, maybe it was a control thing. Maybe I liked the fact that I could control that in a room and lift up the energy. And uh, I think it was intoxicating to me. And I would be lying if I told you it wasn't still that I can captivate a room, get my students all together to laugh or shock them. I, I think I get a rush out of that. And, uh, and then I take pleasure in it too, that I made them happy.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Cause there's, there's parts of that, that that I want what you have, like to have that naturally, where I tend to be more of an introvert. Like I can hide in the background and not and not even bat an eye. Like I'm perfectly okay. But at the same time, if I need to do that, I can do that. That's why people were shocked when I'm covered in tattoos because they're like, that just doesn't seem like you. I hate roller coasters. <laughs> I'm not a thrill seeker. And they go, what? What? <laughs> you've got all this stuff and it's not like, well, don't judge a book by its cover. That's what's important. Um, You know? And so I I just, again, I I love what you stand for. So when you first started teaching, I'm curious, what was something that you weren't prepared for and not a specific situation, but prepared for as a teacher that you had to navigate that could help someone navigate challenging situation at work or challenging in a, some sort of a relationship?
1: I think, I think when you're getting trained to be a teacher, you know, things are very, uh, I'm for lack of a better term, like black and white, very prescriptive. And I felt like I wanted to make sure I was that professional. So in the beginning, I felt like I didn't lean into my natural gut as early because I'm like, Nope, this is how I learned to do it. And this is what's professional and appropriate in the best way. And then I think as years went by and I, you know, look back a little bit like, man, I wish I would have handled that more differently. Maybe, maybe I could have been more empathetic to that student, or maybe I could have been more honest with them. And I started becoming more of my, you know, what would me as a human Phil do? And as I got older, I started to feel less like their older brother, right? Because I started at 22 years old. So a lot of my students, had brothers and sisters my age. So that was a unique thing. But as I started getting older and I felt more like, nah, maybe an uncle, you know, <laughs> I felt like I could finally lean into my gut and my instinct. And my, my gut and instinct, for some reason, naturally is like love. You know, uh, let, let's talk about this, like two humans without judgment. Like, you know, you are really screwing up right now in class. You know, I know this isn't you doing this because you hate me and you want to punish me by failing. Like that doesn't make sense. So, like, what is it? What is it that's going on? and how can I help mm. you? You know, I can't let you off the hook. I have to hold you accountable. Well, what can I do? You know, and then a lot of times students will finally like open up, well, this is what's going on, and I feel like you can really turn a page with the kid, even if you know whatever. Maybe the grade isn't beautiful, but, like they all of a sudden realize like hey this guy Phil is here for me as a human and also wants me to do well and i think i missed some of that towards the beginning because i was so concerned with i'm young i need to be extra professional i don't mm-hmm. want anyone to question my me being professional so i was probably a little bit more rigid you know and and i think that was the hardest part i was holding back a little bit of who i was just to make sure i kept my job safe and, you know, Beverly a little paranoid, even though I didn't need to be. I worked in a very open school that was supportive and big on empathy, but that was in my head. So that was probably my hardest part. It's kind of finding my my personal flavor to teaching, not holding myself back.
0: How did you start to realize that? Like, can you remember a pivotal moment that started you down the creative path?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yes when students leave and then you hear from them a few years later and you did, like, I would let that, that me slip out, you know, and they would say like, I remember when you did this or said this to me. And that was, it was always like one of those times where I was just being, listen, I'm not a teacher right now. We're just two humans and I'm talking to you sincerely. And I felt like it was those moments that really they remembered and they valued. And that started to reinforce the fact that all right, you aren't unprofessional. Um, like I like to bring in griddles and like make breakfast and stuff randomly for my kids because I love to cook and I love to like make things for people. So you know, I'm sure some people would look at that and be like, "Man, you're supposed to be there for science. Like you you don't have time to cook, you know." But I feel like establishing that giving and relationships gets you so much more when you're connected to each other. You know, they work harder for you. I work harder for them. So it was like things like that, that just started creeping out more and more, I could be me. And when I started getting that reinforcement years later, people coming back and saying, you know, hey, I'm 22 now, starting my job. I still remember when you used to do this and now I wanna do that where I work. I think it really just reinforced like, okay, I'm, I, think, I think I'm doing some good stuff. I need to, to lean into that more. That must be like my signature strength as a teacher.
0: I hope that people are listening that are business leaders, politicians, whoever it is, just be genuine and and don't have a motive. Just want to help that person and be genuine, be nice, be supportive. So much can happen when we do that. And the whole time you're sitting there talking, I'm thinking about how many business leaders bring that manager title, director title because it's, there's some insecurity there and they try to flex that or they're not mature enough. Cause I know when I started, I wasn't mature enough the same way. It's like, okay, I've got to do this because everybody's got their eyes on me. I've got to make sure that they see that I can run a a really tight team. And then I go, man, I'm not getting any respect from these people because I'm not being me. It's coming across as just uncomfortable and it, it just takes people getting to know you. So the lesson that i learned from what you just shared was be yourself meaning that you've got to be genuine and then be open and non-judgmental you can be corrective because just like you said is like okay hey look i'm genuinely here there are things that i have to hold you accountable to Absolutely. i can't just give you an a yeah, right and that's okay there's a difference between correction and judgment you were just providing correction there's, you know, there's always a a reaction. You're a chemistry teacher, right? I mean, you know that there's always a reaction to something.
1: (laughs) Well said. And I think to jump off of that too, that we all have like our own little unique gifts, right? So for me, it's like human, like communication, just, I love talking and meeting people and making them feel comfortable. And then I also love like, to do little random acts of kindness, like bake something and give it, right? Like not everybody does that, but that's my signature me, my little, you know, sign on the dotted line. But every leader has something. I have a student who she makes her own like homemade jewelry, right? And I know that like she's creative. And one day she's going to somehow be in a job that maybe is in a funk. Sometimes we get in a funk, but when you lean into like your little creative things or outlets that don't have anything to do with your job, but you use it. It like brings your human side back in it and it refuels you. And so she made me like a little bracelet, actually funny. I'm wearing it right now. And, but it like gave me so much energy. Right. So what all our leaders out there, like, what is it? Are you really good at making cheesy poems or cards? Right. Like, are you doing that occasionally? Not just for the people to to make them feel better, but for us, right? Like when we do what we're good at, like leaning into that, that fuels us and them. And all of a sudden something as my buddy Matt and I like to say uh, with M&P, our speaking company is, you know, we try to make the mundane magnificent. There's always gonna be parts of our job that are just like, this is part of the job. You have to do it, it's important. That doesn't mean it's fun. But if you can put your little sprinkle on it, all of a sudden you're making it fun And you're lifting up others and yourself as well. It's like, why not fuel the fire while you're getting it done? So I don't know. I just, it's something I'm really passionate about. And I think a lot of us, if we would have done that more, especially like during COVID, I think we could have fired ourselves up even more. Like, what is it that I enjoy like doing? How can I bring that to other people? And you can, I don't know, spice it up a little bit and find more joy in just regular everyday things.
0: And that's a great reminder because I did see a lot of people during COVID thinking of others, doing the fun little things, even with each other. I know we did within our family. And then once everything kind of got back to quote unquote normal, we forgot about all that. And so I like I needed this because it's such a great reminder of those little things that make the difference. It's not the big things, it's the little things.
1: Yeah, those details, and especially when those details are something like, uh, like maybe, maybe to you, baking an apple pie sounds like a lot of work for not a lot of payoff for someone, right? But for but for me, I I love baking, and then giving it to someone, it's like a win-win. It was a creative outlet for me. I made someone happy. It, you know everybody's everybody's lifted from it. But but everybody has that apple pie or whatever it is in them you know and if you find that and again you lean on those i really think it limits the amount of burnout i really think it gives you an upward spiral of positive energy and we all know when we're feeling more positive we're more open to the world around us we're open to opportunities and then i think we are more likely to give more of that why not vibe like you know why not why not join that group and try that out and then who knows you know you meet a great guy like Jeff Forrester, and all of a sudden you're on his podcast and you're creating a bond and who knows who's going to introduce someone to someone that might slightly change the trajectory of their life. I mean, why not be open to it?
0: Yeah. And we just came up with a new speech for you. What is your apple pie?
1: <laughs> I love What's your apple pie?
0: But it creates such a great visual. And I know the people listening are going to see, like, I can think of an apple pie with a lattice top that's coming out of the oven it's super hot and just the excitement of giving that to someone and identifying what is your apple pie so we are selling t-shirts now where you need to get a tattoo of an apple pie
1: i I wonder if people are going to associate with american pie the movies i wonder if that's going to be well like like, don't do that to the apple pie but
0: (laughs) exactly but you know it it's such a great message and so I appreciate you sharing that. So one of the things there's a couple things that I want to dig into because I'm very curious and I know it will help other people. And if you could give your older self or your previous self, not older but younger self yeah. three pieces of advice, what would they be?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. So uh, I would I would say uh, keeping Keep being true to yourself, like you know. Keep being your happy-go-lucky self. That's going to pay off. Um, I would say, uh, ask more people out. You know, <laughs> like isn't that true? Yeah, like like you know, hearing no is not that bad. <laughs> so <laughs> ask more people out. You know, get out there, date around a little bit. Um, and then, what would be my third? Man, I I'm lucky. I don't have I don't have many regrets. So stay the course, and I don't know. I stay healthy. You know, stay healthy. Keep crying. Keep keep working out and trying to eat healthy.
0: Yep, that'll do it.
1: That's not going to be on a t shirt though. Those are pretty lame answers, Jeff. But those are the truth.
0: But they're core. I mean, when you look at it, stay true to yourself leads into the second one because. You know, I know I didn't ask more people out because I was scared of rejection because I didn't like who I was. So I already felt bad about myself. And if somebody says no, that just reinforces how bad I feel about myself. Right. And and for me, the stay healthy was the beginning of all of that (laughs) emotionally and physically. So I think they they all three tie together. And it's something that we as adults can do all three of those. Maybe not to ask more people out if you're married. Well, that but could you, be a can, little you can you could have more friends. You yeah. could talk to more people. You can interact with more people because they're just as nervous to pick up the phone and call and introduce themselves to somebody as the next person. That's so, true. I think that's that's great advice.
1: Well, thank you. Thank okay, you.
0: so in five years you can go okay. ten. Okay, what are three questions that you want to ask yourself?
1: I want to ask myself in five years from five
0: years yeah if you if you the present you goes to the future okay ask yourself three questions what would they be
1: uh i would say the first question would be how have you grown definitely always looking to grow uh how have you made the world better and uh what's your new best recipe you're cooking oh
0: I love that. I'm writing down. That's why if, if everybody's like, "Why is he quiet all of a sudden?" <laughs> I write this, even though I could go back and listen to this, but <laughs> I got to write it down. Um, it's the glimpse into the the Jeff Forrester mind. It's not a pretty place to go. <laughs>
1: it's all good, my friend. Yeah. But so when
0: you when you look at how have you grown, what are the things that you're doing, and share with people what you're doing now, so you can answer that question.
1: Yeah, um, I love to grow in a lot of different ways. The easiest way, right, is, is reading. So I'm always reading an actual physical book and always listening to an audio book. And me being a science guy, I'm really into um, nonfiction. So uh, but I just love to read and learn anything from positive psychology to personal finance to just, you know, personal development. And I I, I just really enjoy that stuff and kind of soak it up. Uh, I, I like podcasts as well. And I go on binges with that when I take breaks from audiobooks. I love meeting new people and just learning about their stories. I think it's every single person we meet knows something that we don't know and brings a perspective that we never thought of before that just, I don't know, fills us up more and allows us to understand people better. So I just love meeting new people. And lucky for me, Jeff, I mean, every year, I'm meeting 125 new students. I'm working a big school. So I have, you know, a couple hundred coworkers. Uh, my community, I get more and more into because my kids are getting older. So it's just so great. I'm. I, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm a huge extrovert. So, so
0: uh, that, uh, that's my next question. That came from that, or the, <laughs> the tips that you could share with people, the introverts,
1: yeah.
0: is to start a conversation that doesn't feel awkward, and it's not the "so how's the weather" or "what do you do for a living."
1: Yeah, that's really that's a really great question. Yeah, I think someone. I don't remember where I read it, right? But it's like uh, if you offer something about yourself first. Before you ask of something from someone else, people are more willing to be open to it. So and I tried to think about: Do I do that? And I tend to do it. And Jeff, you're the same way. You like self-deprecating humor. You know, I think you're always willing to throw you, yourself a little dig to soften the mood to to allow people to feel more vulnerable. You know, I, I get that from you right away. You're never will you're you're never worried about you know making people feel comfortable. And I think for introverts, if they're more willing, not necessarily to put themselves down, but, you know, offer something up about themselves. So if you are out somewhere at a conference and being like, hey, I really enjoyed that last speaker, but I just love this energy. Did you Did you feel that too? You know, so you're like offering, mm-hmm. but also then offering them to share or not. And then if they shut it down, I think that's, that's natural too. Sometimes people just aren't looking to talk at the moment. It's nothing personal, you know? So try not to take things so personally, even though it is hard when you're excited to talk and someone isn't.
0: Right. So I'm thinking about you sitting next to me on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have, you know, boundaries, right? I mean, you you yes. pick up and there's some people that just don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm don't actually be that person. Quiet.
1: I'm very quiet on an airplane. And I, I must admit, I wait for the person next to me to start the conversation just because you know if they open the floodgates then i'm happy to talk <laughs> but i also know if they don't want to i totally respect that as well because uh i have trouble keeping quiet sometimes as i've shared much on instagram and in that i know i have two ears and one mouth but for some reason the way i act always seems more like two mouths and one ear it's <laughs> something i'm constantly working on
0: Yeah, no, it's great. At least you're positive. So if I'm sitting next to you, we're laughing, we're talking, and it would all be positive for the two and a half hour flight, whatever it would be, versus let me tell you about my bunions. And let me tell you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But yeah, I think I'll keep my bunions to myself.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what kind of things are you doing to make the world better? Like, how would you answer? What are the things you do to be able to answer that question?
1: Yeah. You know, I guess I'm really lucky that the careers I've found, I feel like automatically do that. So mm. me seeing students five days a week fills up my cup already. I feel like I teach science, absolutely chemistry and physics, but I do like to feel, I do like to consider myself like uh unofficial life coach to them to be a role model to say, Hey, here's a guy I'm 40. I'm trying to stay healthy. I have a wife I love. I have kids that I really enjoy. I really enjoy my job and I really enjoy you. And let me tell you a little bit about who I am as we navigate class throughout the year and hopefully they through my just example can pick little things that might they might accidentally learn from me that will benefit them later. So, yeah, I'm like, you know, prepping them for college. Yes, that's great. But I more really want them to be prepped more for their life and to feel more like live their life on their own terms. So, that automatically, I feel like, allows me to help make the world a better place. My motivational speaking with my best bud, Matt, we like to build self-confidence in others. And from there, we feel like once you're comfortable with you, you're more willing to take care of yourself better and therefore take better care of the world around you. So we really feel like we're planting seeds there that change people's lives in a in a good way throughout years. So that makes us feel proud. And then... As you know, I like to do just uplifting talks like you do on Instagram reels. And that's something that kind of accidentally started happening uh, during and after COVID with my students that I wasn't seeing and I didn't really know how to reach them. And it felt like social media was a way that some students were actually, you know, listening and maybe taking a little bit of energy. So I feel like I enjoy doing that. That's one of my favorite parts of my day. Uh, I take a little lunch break, I sit in my car. And if I feel inspired about something in some way, just turn the video on and talk to it and then post it later eventually. But I don't know, it feels good just trying to be intentional about at least putting something good out there, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So with your your motivational speaking around self-confidence, I know that there's people listening that could use some of the tactics that you share and some of the things that you help motivate people to do. So what are some of those that you can share?
1: Yeah, I think one of the most important things is that we all know that and it's the hard part, you know, uh, of growing in confidence is you got to put yourself into uncomfortable situations. And I don't mean horrific situations, but we have to slowly work our confidence muscle. So if that's, being intentional. And you know what, when I go in and pick up my coffee today, I am going to order that coffee and look in that person's eye. And then I'm going to try to pay that person a simple, genuine compliment. So you start small, all of a sudden, especially if you go to that coffee shop a couple times a week, you're going to get that good reinforcement because that person's going to enjoy you and they're going to remember you. And all of a sudden, it's like you're going to build up like this confidence like, oh, wow, not only do I make them feel good, but they remember me i have this connection and then you start growing from there and then once you're ready maybe try new things Uh, i think for high schoolers high school is such a beautiful place to do that you can join clubs you can go to games you can try out for sports there's a lot of outlets there and i know as adults we start to think like well what is there for adults if i what if i don't want to go to a a bar and meet people you know like what do i do but i think now The world has a lot of opportunities for that. I think a lot of businesses are trying to create, you know, even things like a book club or something for everybody. But doing something you wouldn't typically say yes to right away and trying it Mm -hmm. is a great way to start building your self-confidence. So this is baby steps.
0: Yeah, I like what you said about doing something you wouldn't normally say yes to as long as it's beneficial, right? I mean, it's not, it's, we have to, and I know that that sounds like I'm stating the obvious, but it's important because there's going to be times where you hear, okay, well, Phil and Jeff, were talking about saying yes. Well, this is something that I want to say yes to, but I probably shouldn't say yes to. So there's a difference and right. it's got to be productive for your life and beneficial for your life. And that's where having the right people around you, that the yes is a good yes Versus a bad yes, because you think you're getting the wrong type of confidence. Because mm-hmm. we've probably all said yes to something that we shouldn't have. Yeah. Because we were worried what other people would say. And what what Phil's telling you is is wonderful. Because it starts with just a simple compliment of someone. That's positive. That's, that's going to lift them up. It's helping you. But imagine this poor barista that probably gets just beat up all day long because something's not right. Something's late. There, there's always something that they're going to hear. And just a simple eye lock and say, have a great day can mean so much to someone It that can change someone's life. Just that simple, have a great day.
1: I agree. I, one of my awful guilty habits is I like to, when I'm on break, sometimes go and get a fountain diet coke now i know that stuff is that's
0: okay where from (laughs) where do you get it from what what
1: mcdonald's
0: yep (laughs) it's the best
1: it's a buck 10 uh with the (laughs) app and you know it's like i know i promote a healthy life but there i don't do everything healthy (laughs) and that's one of them i enjoy it's so silly but but you know what um the drive through guy, I know him now, and man, this, he lights up because he knows, here's a guy who's coming that's not going to be mean, he's going to be kind, we joke like every other day, you know, I'm like, how you doing? I'm like, has everyone been nice to you today? You know, he's like, dude, you don't even want to know, you know, but it's like you're being empathetic, all of a sudden when you, even when I, my wife and kids make fun of me, when I ordered like a drive through I always say, can I please trouble you for, And they're like, why are you saying, can I trouble you? Of course you're troubling them, but they're at work. Like stop saying the obvious, you know, but I like to like add just a little like gratitude to that. And thanks so much. Have a great day. You know, and it doesn't take much, but it's, I think, I think not only does it make that, like you said, it makes their day a little bit better, but it makes me feel better. Like we should lift each other up. It's not hard to do.
0: Yeah. That's joy. What you're describing is joy, not happiness. And I've been hearing, it's been interesting, several podcasts over the last couple of weeks have been, I've been hearing people comparing happiness and joy and you you exude joy because it's a genuine excitement for life and love for other people where we all get happy. You go get a Diet Coke, you get happy. You know, You, you, you do something, you get happy, but joy is a way of life. And really? like my mom is a perfect exam- example of joy where she annoys people because she's so positive all the time and that's okay. And I'm so grateful that I, I inherited that trait from her that it, it makes some, a lot of people uncomfortable because they're like, you're always rainbows and silver linings. <laughs> it's like, Well, do you want me to be ugly and mean? But they do because then they can be ugly and mean and it's easier. And when you're nice and happy, it makes them uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) You know, that's funny. When I was reading your book and you would bring up your mom, it reminded me a lot of my mother too. Very positive. And I felt like, ah, no wonder we have a lot in common. I feel we have a lot of overlaps. We have that like really positive energy from, uh, from the early stages, you know, it's, uh, it's it's valuable. It's good that not everyone got.
0: Right. And that's a good message to parents now is it's never too late to start Yeah. whether you're a parent or don't have kids, whatever. It's never too late to find joy in your life and to just shine bright and be that, that beacon of hope for people. And like you said, is I, I love that you get to do that with, with young people at such a formidable age that they'll never forget, ever forget.
1: Yeah, I am. I am. I am very lucky. That is most certain. I just kind of landed on my feet in good spots that I feel proud to be a part of. So yeah, gratitude is definitely the theme on that, man.
0: So what are some things, because we could talk for hours and I'll probably have you on again, but I want to be respectful of your time. What are some parting words that you'd love to to leave people that they can have a a good nugget of, of finding joy and positivity in their life?
1: Yeah, I think that my big thing is that lean into your signature strengths, or as you were saying, find your apple pie, right? The things that light you up don't have to be just at home on the weekends. You can bring that and overlap that with other parts of your life. And when you do and you share that genuine joy, let's go that word you brought up just a bit ago, right? You you share that with other people. When people see you doing something that makes you happy, it makes them happy too. So, when you're willing to be a little bit more vulnerable and show people that side of you, it allows for more human connection. It allows you to feel like you're flourishing more. It inspires other people. And then again, It's going to take sometimes things that seem ah, kind of like you're in a funk or it's just mundane and blasé. It makes those moments great or exciting. So being intentional about including the things that fill you up and light you up in your everyday life pays off so much. And not just for you, which is good to be selfish. You need to fill yourself up. But when you start overflowing, then you can really give that energy to other people. And then it's like an exponential growth. You just, you're, you're not only feeling good about yourself, but you're helping other people too. It's, it's a beautiful way to set up ripples that turn into big waves. So that's what I would probably say.
0: That's awesome. Did you see Step Brothers? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to quote it right now. Right. Did, did we just become best friends?
1: Yep. Do you want to play <laughs> karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs>
0: Man, this was awesome. And I do I mean it. I mean it. I'm just sitting here going, I love this guy. And that's not, I'm not just saying that as in your flippant, is that I just I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. The world needs more fills, um, especially fills with apple pies.
1: Yay. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, man. The feeling is mutual and and uh it's not just saying that because it's your podcast. I really am naturally drawn to you. And I know when we join the same kind of networking group in that, I immediately Felt drawn to your natural message in that, and I think it's no surprise. I think we both have very similar moral foundations and expectations on how to live a happy life. So I'm here for it, man. I'm cheering you on, wishing you lots of joy, and uh hoping you're spreading. I guess a new catchphrase, man. I hope you're giving out your apple pies to everybody. You know it.
0: That's a hundred percent going to be. I'm going to put a little apple pie thing on your. Um, on your podcast episode tile. So <laughs> that Love will it. be there. But, Phil, how can people find you?
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking. I'm obnoxiously everywhere, Jeff, but uh, if you just search my name, Phil Januszewski, you'll find me, but that is my uh, Twitter and Instagram handle, Phil Januszewski. And then uh, my speaking company is called M&P Presentations, LLC. So if you just use the handle MP Presentations, you can see what I do with uh, my best bud too. So we are very lucky just to uh, be spreading good, good vibes in across the world and hoping people are living happier, healthier lives, my friend.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'll put everything in the show notes. Cause I'm sure people won't be able to spell your last name. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're very like me, one. you will, that will be the one time you ever look at show notes is to find you. And there will be an active link that will take you there. So <laughs> Phil, man, I appreciate you. And, um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this friendship's gonna go.
1: I couldn't say that any better, man. Health, happiness, and patience to you, brother. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks. This is the Pathways to Greatness Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester.